I trying to remember when I came up with this, that there was a, a, I guess, kind of a slogan I came up with of never peak, mm. like, no matter, yeah. you know, no matter how, how fast you go, what your accomplishment is, you know, it's kind of that saying you're only as good as you are, you know, recently today, whatever that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get a PR like Alpine loop. I, that was kind of my, my, it was usually on my birthday. So I I do the Alpine loop on my birthday. It's kind of that last Saturday before Lodoja. And I, I was always, you know, that was my goal. Like I got to be faster on, on this one. Um, but I think kind of the mentality of whatever your, you know, your biggest accomplishment is now that's awesome, but that's your starting point for tomorrow, next month, next year, whatever. All right. What up? Me dwell a podcast listeners, Stuart Anderson here, episode 101 with Mr. Sean Montmany. Grateful for Sean and Chip who join on this episode. This is just a short introduction before we hear from Sean. Uh, and the, the time with Sean went very fast. It was crazy um, how fast this podcast goes. I feel like there was a lot more to ask and talk to Sean about. But, uh, man, time just went so fast. So uh, grateful for Sean and his story. Uh, fun to hear about his origins, uh, where he's coming. One of these other guys coming from one of these crazy running backgrounds uh, that found cycling as maybe a more... Uh, gentle sport at the beginning to help save those knees but then uh, you realize that Sean has put in a lot of work a lot of training and a lot of suffering uh, to be as good as he is and it's fun to hear uh, how important it is to him to be good and what and what he does to train and uh, also have a lot of fun Sean is uh, an incredible part of of me dwell and has been for for some time so uh, thankful for Sean, thankful for what he shares, and especially what he brings to the team. Uh, we make a couple quick announcements at the beginning. Team camp, obviously coming up in April 11th through the 13th. We have a kit pickup scheduled now for March 5th. That will include the 40th anniversary kits and our regular team kits. So we're going to do them both at the same time up at Hangar 15, 6 o'clock. We'll have a lot of new 40th anniversary swag with sweatshirts and socks that'll only be available at Kit Pickup, a little incentive to be there. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Anyway, grateful for the team. Thankful for all of our awesome sponsors. Huge shout out to Jack Bourne. Uh, he was verbally abusive this morning on Zwift, but, uh, <laughs> but very fun having Jack and others take the reins on Zwift. It's, it's been a fun change of pace uh, to to feel and see the way that different guys run uh, a Zwift meetup. So that's been a fun change this year. So thankful for Jack. Epic Ventures on your uh, shoulder this year as a team sponsor. So thankful for him and and, uh, thankful for all our sponsors who make it possible for the team to be as awesome as we are. So thanks, everybody. All right. Enjoy the episode with Sean. Grateful for uh, each of you and and thankful for the uh, upcoming spring. Really looking forward to getting outside and being with everybody. So, all righty. Enjoy, Sean. Thanks. Sorry my voice sounds terrible. I got sick. Oh, man. A little raspy. I think that's going around. Mm. All right. What up? Episode 101. We're in a new era, right? This is our, mm-hmm. We're on our Eras tour. This is number uh, the new hundreds. So, era. Sean era. Sean, greetings. Hello. Chip. Hey. Nice Good sweatshirt. Yeah. Watching the video, check it out. Ooh. Yep. Oh, the new. Getting excited for 
2024, 40-year anniversary edition. Sean, did you purposely wear your Broncos uh, crew neck, or is that is that always just on? That's that's just I I've it's either blue or orange. It makes it really easy to to match clothes when you only really mm-hmm. wear two colors. And it's a big part of your opening uh, introduction here, so we'll we'll get to it. Right, we'll get to your yeah. Your, actually, I think this was your son that put that in, and I didn't I didn't put that uh, finishing paragraph in. Yeah, I, maybe, I, yeah. maybe I should pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> i i have a note he wanted to make sure he's yeah he he had a, a couple funny comments pretty funny mm-hmm. yeah um leave, leave it to your son to tell you're you're old and slow and fat so oh, yeah important. chip anybody uh buy that uh evo yesterday did you hear any uh, it looks like we're one for two at this point holy oh, oh those were so nice i know for the price that's uh good to have good uh, partners that provide yeah. for the team, right? I almost wondered if they were like used. I was going to ask you, like, why is that? Those they Man. were so cheap. They, you know, interesting topic. And to hear Mike from here talk about it, how prices soared during COVID, right? Inventory yeah. was down, and currently, especially in the in the mountain bike arena, it's a buyer's market with uh, mm. plenty of inventory now. So nice. Yeah. Dude, good to hear. Um, Sean is our guest. Greetings, Sean. Um, we are going to delve into your just I don't know how deep we'll go, but it should be good. It's gonna be awesome. Um, we are was it's February first, um, a month away or two months away from team camp, which is exciting. Always a very fun time of year. We hope everyone is attending. As has been repeated before, um, your team fees are paying for team camp, which is a fun part. And the reason we did that is because we want everybody to go. It's a huge part of uh, being part of the team. So um, April, and we're going to have a little RSVP form coming out soon. So you can um, let us know if you're going to be at both dinners, which rides you're going to, uh, some swag sizes. But uh, plan on being down there to ride April 11th, um, right? And then the 12th and the 13th. So we're going to do a team dinner on the 11th that night, a raffle and awards on Friday the 12th at night, and then uh, obviously rides every day. Um, so yeah, team camp. Guys, it's super fun. I love I wish it's, we did it every month. It's as good as it gets. <laughs> I do. I, I wish we could just plan something every month like it. It's so fun. Mm. Awesome. You know, and I will say last year doing the, what was it, collab? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get to the top, but that was actually fun. I was I'd uh, um, stop stop for a, a nature break with like Chris Harmon and and Aaron Jordan, and then there were five or six of us that were trying to catch up and ride as like the one of the first climbs, and it was it was interesting to look up and see like seventy cyclists taking over a road, and she'd be like, oh, cool. this, place, "This place is ours. It's just us today." It was. Yeah. It was <laughs> I don't even think a car passed us. That was so mm-hmm. fun. So fun. That was good. Sean, you got out yesterday. How was that? Oh, so good. So good. 50, it was like 55 degrees in January. I had so much work and homework and stuff. I'm like, I really shouldn't, but how do you pass up 50s in January and only have to wear one layer? That was Sean just said homework. We're going to dive into that. That's not his children's homework. That is his homework. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What am I thinking? 
How sloppy was immigration though? Was it was it icky? You know, like two two three spots really, like right by Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's the one. I don't know. We it seems like we there's somebody who's riding with us, and he's like, "This feels like June because it's it's cold and there's water everywhere." But really, mm-hmm. really just three spots. But you know, of course, came home and have a big big uh, you know trail yeah. down down your back. You got to wash off. But you were with Mister Pape. How was Spain? Did he talk about it? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Oh, boy. How was, was it? 10, 10, 14 days doing 50, 60 miles a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's everybody's bucket list item mm-hmm. and for that to to happen and be able to go straight out, stay with you know, Ryan Wells over there and just mm-hmm. ride. I mean, I, it seemed like every other day that he was, he had pictures of, of one of the pro teams. That's where they're all down having their t- team camps and Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, that would be, that would be cool. That's so mm-hmm. fun. Cool. You know, one day, oh, one yeah, day when uh, when team camp can be, you know, like a, a trip to either Hawaii to ride the volcano or, or we'll go to go to Europe or something. We'll need a we'll need a good sponsor to kick in for that one. Dang, right? Yep. Like a varsity team camp? That would be amazing. Mm. Yeah. Maybe Zion's Bank could take care of that. Zion's, cool. yes, perfect. <laughs> We've got some good pictures of Zion's today, by the way. Some really good Zion's pictures. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well we have a short uh introduction we were just chatting before that the introduction is fun and it can either be real fast and short or we can dive in i think it's kind of fun to stop on the paragraphs and be like okay okay we got to dig into wyoming here so okay <laughs> so i'll get started I, I think we should add details chip what do you think mm, oh yeah for sure okay okay sean was born in sheridan wyoming let's start there what is that why what happened there sheridan is a tiny town i think when we when i moved in like 1991 there was 15,000 people and there's maybe 17,000 people now so dang literally small t- i mean i i heber might be bigger than than sheridan Crazy. but um you know we we used to joke when i was a kid that all the all the billionaires would go to jackson yeah. Then if you go up through Jackson through Yellowstone and then go out the east side of Yellowstone, you'll get to Cody. That's where the yeah. millionaires hung out. Yeah. And then you have to go over another mountain range to get to Sheridan. So Sheridan's like this quiet little oasis, kind of on the plains, but plenty of you know, surrounded by mountains, just a, a gorgeous little place. And the um if you think of uh like Cutler uh, Cutler, uh Custer's last stand and Mm. Little big one, like Custer's last stand. We we would learn about that in history, and it was like a half an hour up the road. So we would like literally go there as kids. Man, dude. Um, um, maybe we'll dig into this later. But why were why was your family there? Was it work? Uh that's so my my grandma and grandpa. That's where they were born and raised. My mom was born and raised there. Um, my my parents moved a couple times, but then my my dad had a, a job change and went kind of went back to to stay with family where my my mom's parents were and then that's where I was born and then we uh we moved my mom uh was uh, actually went to BYU to get her master's degree and then when she graduated then we we just uh, moved up the road to Salt Lake but hmm. okay. yeah so so most most of them at the time when I was when I was little I um had my mom one of her sister her her parents were there my dad's from New York so Montmany, 
I guess growing up, my mom would tell me, you know, Montmany, you're we're the only Montmany's like on this side of the Mississippi. So if you screw ah. up, there's no one else to blame it on. So be good. <laughs> Uh, but I, of, is that true? It, is that really true? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, huh. when, you know, I, when I do family history, like I just kind of start googling Montmany. If there's anyone, you know, I, I, there's a few few guys of uh, names I've seen, like in California, and turns out it's like my dad's cousin. And hmm. uh, that's cool. All right. It says here that uh, love of bikes started early, as you won trophies racing BMX in elementary school. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> So I was, I think like seven, eight, and nine. I mean, I think every kid gets a bike when they're, when they're a kid. And then at some point they grow out of it. Well, I, I never really grew out of it. I mean, in, in Sheridan, uh, I mean, some of my, my friends might be two miles away. So it was, you know, even a five-year-old, you're, you're riding your bike to your friend's house. You know, we'd, you know, you're riding to ride your bike to the store to, or, you know, the, the gas station to go get drinks or something in the summertime, we'd, we'd be on bikes and there were, there are times in the summer I'd probably be 10 miles away from home. Um, just, you know, either fishing, climbing mountains, playing random games and sagebrush. I mean, I've got scars up and down my legs from barbed wire and all sorts of injuries. But like, like the, I, I feel like I'm probably one of the last of the the generations that like grew, grew up kind of on the, the edge of the frontier. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. I don't like really it. Cool. I mean, I want my kids on the edge of the frontier. So cool. Barbed wire scars. Yeah, there's. Some okay, so, so Chip and Sean knew each other in uh, at Oli. Oli J. Uh, yeah, so it says here, uh, when Sean was 12, moved to Holiday, went to Oli Jr. and graduated Olympus High. Sean's been active, played many sports like football, basketball, and believe it or not, he was an X man, wore an X when he played tackle football in June. That's impossible. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my! My wife wanted to to make sure the story was told, and my my youngest wanted to to remind. He reminds me still. You know, I'm old and fat, but yeah, I had a. Well, we'll say I had a fat phase, kind of when I mm-hmm. when we moved to Utah, and I wasn't a, a very happy camper. Kind of the first time I'd ever moved outside Sheridan, and. So it wasn't, wasn't very happy. Did, uh, I was, I think what my wife say, I was angsty, uh, put on, it was kind of right at that. I think it was my growth spurt. Like, you know, when kids kind of start to to bulk up mm-hmm. a little bit right before they grow, that kind of happened right as we moved to Utah. So I, when you, when you look at some of my pictures, man, I've got big round cheeks and nice. Yeah. I had a, I had a good little, uh, fat phase, but it was right, right. Uh, <laughs> we moved to, Moved to holiday and signed up for football. And, and I had no idea what an X was like for weigh-ins. Um, <laughs> we, it was like, we had weigh-ins after practice. So we all went over, we're getting on the scales and I took off my helmet and shoulder pads, but still had my cleats on and, and my pants with all my pads in. I mean, there were guys literally going down to their underwear and I'm like, dude, what mm-hmm. are you doing? And I step on the scale and, and I was, I may, I may be over like two or three pounds. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and my, my coach is like, oh, you're whatever the weight was. He's like, oh, you're going to be an X. And, you know, I was like, oh, extra yes, sweet. sweet. Yes. Awesome. I get to be Excellent. that or a tight end. This is fantastic. He's like, no, you're going to be a tackle. I'm like, what? No. That was, that was broken. Mm-hmm. Chip, any <laughs> memories from Sean? In, uh, in yeah, school? actually, yeah. Sean, we played a fair amount of basketball. I mean, keep in mind when... Sean and I, because we graduated in 96, and so um, junior high and high school was not spent gaming. Gaming outside, yes. (laughs) So um, 
pick up basketball inside the school and outside um, was, man, uh, so fun. Spent um, time with Sean playing ball. Fun. And that, and that was back in the day when you actually had to pick up the phone and make a phone call. I have no <laughs> idea how it coordinated, but like school would be getting out and it was, all right, who's, whose church are we going to? Where, where are we going to play? And yeah, you'd show up and there'd be 20 people playing and it was, it was a great time. Yeah. Fun. I, I should also share, this is, this is more a story about Spence. Uh, yes. When I was, when I was uh, on my, on my mission, we have, our, our birthdays are kind of late in the year because Spence, your birthday is like August. July 22nd. Yeah. July. 22nd. So in September. So most of our friends had already gone on missions. So I get to the MTC in uh, like mid September and it's, you know, you know, I mean, for those who've been on a mission, I mean, you're, you're get to this training center and there's just thousands of missionaries and everyone's wearing a white shirt and tie. And it's down at BYU. I have no idea where I'm going. And we get to our, like our dorms and they say, okay, go down to the whatever library. You got to go get a name tag. And it was literally like just following a crowd. Like, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just, there's guys in front of me. I'll follow them. Get to the library and literally, like we're standing in line. I, I probably had the complete deer in, in the headlights look. Had no idea where I was going. And all of a sudden, like, here's Spencer Chipping standing right there. Like, John, no way. good to see you. Hey, what, are, what are you doing? Where are you looking for? Where are you trying to go? How can right. I help? And I was like, I don't know. Like, name tag? He's like, okay, that's right over here. And I, I still remember... He just like came up. He gave me a hug. Was like, it's gonna be okay. There's lots of stuff. <laughs> like, he was just like, okay, name tag here, food here, sleep here. Do you need anything else? Like for the first day, I think I'm a good. Hug. That's <laughs> but yeah, I just remember seeing Spence that first day, and I was like, okay, now, okay, I know food, sleep. Okay, now, now, I'm, now, I think I'm good. Dude, great story. Do you remember that chip? I remember we had so many. Man, we had a we had a number of people in there back to basketball and soccer though some of the best pickup games took place down there no way i don't even i don't even know if they let you play basketball there anymore no for real because oh one of the one of the best days of the mission is when they changed the hand because in the handbook it would say no full court basketball mm. and I, we never knew why my my mission president loved playing basketball he's like yeah we're, we're gonna avoid that one well, let's go ahead and play full court and I remember the day they changed it and said, if you're playing half court, um, you have more, you know, higher likelihood of like sprained ankles and injuries and you don't get as much exercise. You stand around a lot. So they're like, we prefer playing full court, yes. fewer injuries, better exercise. Um, there was like much rejoicing in the mission on that day. Mm -hmm. Your president was like, oh, I was inspired. Yeah. And then Spence and I, we actually had the same uh, degree in college. We had we had a couple classes in college together. Pottery. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What was it? What do you got? What do you? What's your major? Uh, major organizational communication. And now you're back in school, Sean. Ooh, let's do now it. Let's hear about it. Now we're back in school. Yeah, we uh, just started last week. Uh, master's degree at at yeah. Ole Miss. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'll, I'll read it. It says you're working to make a career transition to data analytics. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, it's, it's basically the, the study of, of numbers, gathering, gathering lots of amounts of data and making sense of it and trying to, to use it to, 
either make, you know, for businesses, make more money, make better decisions. But sports analytics. Yeah. So this master's is is sport analytics. So there's two, two uh, emphases. It, I don't know what the plural of emphasis, emphasis, emphases. emphases. Yes. That there's two tracks. <laughs> uh, one is, is um, sport business. So like a team, how can the team make money, more money? Uh, I mean, we'll take the U- University of Utah, for example. How can their athletic department, uh, you know, make more money, increase brand awareness, get more more people to the games? And then there's another track that's the sport performance, which is the the individual athlete, how to be huh. healthier, run faster, run stronger, that sort of thing. And when I when I applied, I had a, a call with the advisor, and he was asking me which one I wanted to do, and I was like, I'm so torn. Like I'm. I, I feel like my my kind of side hustle I do now with stats is is on the sport side, the business side, but I'm also a cyclist and I've totally dove headfirst into the how to be healthy, how you know, be an athlete. And I'm like, can I do both? And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, guess we're doing both. Dude, that's so cool. Way to go, Ooh. Sean. That's awesome. Um, you did start your uh, college career though. It says here at the University of Wyoming for a semester (laughs) and it says you were not prepared for all that Laramie had to offer. (laughs) You then went to the U for a quarter, then spent two years in North Carolina, then graduated from the U. So no, uh, no Laramie. What happened in Laramie? (laughs) Oh, Laramie. I I went back to Laramie because, you know, growing up in Wyoming, I think I always thought, Oh, I want to go back to, to Wyoming. Uh, my dad still lived there, so I got in-state tuition. So I was like, "Oh, let's let's go do this." I I loved Wyoming. This will be great. And Laramie is the the Wild West. Had some mm-hmm. had some crazy interactions with with roommates, and um, I, I basically kind of found my my sanity was I was a ball boy for the basketball team. So that that gave me something to do that wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't Laramie. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll just put it that way. We could tell <laughs> more stories when when we go on a bike ride together. But. That's good. I want them. <laughs> I had a buddy that I had a buddy that went to Wyoming, and he only la- he was the same. He only lasted a year. He had a full ride football scholarship, and he's like, "Does not matter. I am out." Yeah, it's- I want to know more about Laramie. I mean, <laughs> our, just uh, Wild West. I, I'm catching on. I mean, I'm catching on, but. <laughs> Yeah, Laramie. There, Laramie's. It, it was kind of tough. There wasn't much to do. I, I guess if yeah. you had a car, there's there's some mountains you can go hiking close by. But Laramie sits. It's it's over seven thousand feet in elevation. So, uh, I mean, by mid October, I mean you, there's not much you're doing outside. Uh, so you're you're yeah. indoors, and so I spent most of my time over at the 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 rec center playing basketball, and then. My my cousin had graduated the semester before and knew somebody in, involved with the basketball team, and so that's kind of where I guess my my career with basketball started was a was a ball boy. So I'd sit at the courtside for the games and hand out towels and water bottles, and got to go to practice. And I, I feel like I learned more practice uh, or basketball in you know those those three months of of being a ball boy than I ever did before. And that's cool though. A lot more colorful words too. Oh mm-hmm. boy. No oh boy. All right. It says here that Sean currently lives in Cottonwood Heights with his wife, Emily, who is amazing, glorious, <laughs> kind, glorious, uh, kind, thoughtful, patient, along with your three boys. But you have more than three children. No, just three. Three boys. Okay. And they're very good. Or, or 
if my my wife says she has four boys but yeah we just, <laughs> emily good shout out to yourself way to go uh emily's family ran the deseret news 10k one summer then the provo half marathon and sean's love for endurance was born as well as a dive into nutrition he ran 13 dude what 13 marathons before switching to cycling and he's always had a method to his madness whether to get faster or stronger he does have a purpose Dude, you and Dalton, what in the world? Well, so I, I was going to say, shout out to to Matt. We we ran a 10K uh, and then that kind of turned into the half marathon. And it was my brother-in-law, John Holberg. Yeah. Most, most people on the team know John. Mm-hmm. Uh, John and Matt were good friends, I, I think, since high school, um, huh. probably at least during during college. Uh, but yeah, Matt, I met Matt the that morning. We're riding a bus up Provo River Um or Provo Canyon to do the Provo River half. And there's John and Matt. And if, if you know either of those two, when they start laughing, like mm-hmm. their their laughs are so unique, but so loud that everyone on the bus is probably laughing just because they're laughing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure it was mostly inappropriate, but yeah, that's where, that's where I first met Matt. And and from there it was like, oh, what are these guys doing? Like, how, how are they so fast? How can, how can I keep up with them? And then that turned into, I watched them run, uh, I think it was the Salt Lake Marathon first and and went to cheer them on. And and as they ran by, I was like, I want to go do that. And so then start running with them. You know, I still remember like the first day running, running, uh, for, hitting 14 miles and then 15 and, you know, kind of hitting those, those mile marks, your first distance. Oh. So. Yeah. But it says here, I mean, you really took them serious. Were you like trying to win, like trying to go fast? I mean, it wasn't just like suffering through a marathon. No, well, I mean, the first one was was pretty rough. Uh, I actually didn't finish the first one. Um, had had an IT band flare up oh. and made it to I think mile twenty before I, I finally called it. Uh, and I was like, I'm never doing that because then I tried to go play <laughs> basketball, but my knee hurt for like four months and like stupid running caused this injury. And yeah, then I then they did another one. And I was like, okay, I got to finish one. I you know got at least finish what I started, and so finished it. Um. I, I don't maybe maybe enjoyable might not be the the right word at the finish line but it was like okay there's a sense of accomplishment and then it was like well now I want to try this again see if I can do it better do it faster and then that turned into another one and then got a little bit quicker and then it was you know when you start to see improvement it's like oh yeah let's let's try this again hmm. my wife felt the exact opposite <laughs> When Kristen did her, she was like, I don't know why anyone does this. She's like, no way. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Well, and I think no one does two. You either mm. do one and you're done or you, or do, you do 13. And <laughs> that's actually pretty good. That is a really that, good one. That's true. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very good. I also asked Kirby to help with this little intro. So he wrote this. Sean has been in uh, the finance industry for 10 plus years, but really has a love for statistics. When Sean isn't crunching numbers for FIS, what is FIS? Uh, that's the company I work for, FIS. Oh, okay. Okay. He's running the statistics reporting for the University of Utah sports programs, as well as for the NFL Las Vegas Raiders. 
Fun facts, Sean is a vegetarian and loves eating cactus? This is not true. Because Sean <laughs> eats mostly plants, producing more gas, which you'll get to enjoy on group rides. This, of course, this is Kirby. There's a little, to no, there's little to no draft riding behind Sean, a perfect airfoil. And Sean's mom, Jane's favorite friend is David Kirby. She loves a man with a mustache. True story. Dude, are you really doing that for the U and for Las Vegas? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think it was 2009. I had a friend who did stats for Utah basketball games and I had, I had asked him about it for a couple of years. And then he said, Hey, we've got an opening. Do you want to do this? And I was like, sure. So uh, I, I sit courtside and, and type in every huh. stat that happens in the, in the games. And so did, did basketball for three or four years and the same, it's interesting. Most of the same group who does those do, you know, other sports around town. And so it was three or four years later, they said, Hey, we've got an opening for football. Do you want to do football? And I was like, absolutely. And then a few years later it was volleyball. And then um, there was a, there was a professional football team in the spring, the AAF that played in the Salt Lake had a team called the stallions. Uh, mm -hmm. They played up at Rice Eccles, and so they asked our crew who did the the Ute games. They said, "Hey, do you guys want to uh, do these these games in the spring?" And it was like spring football, of course. Let's do this. the um, The season never even finished. They they made it, I think, six or seven games in before the, the league folded. Oh. Which <laughs> it was it was rough. The, the, there was one guy who came in like mid mid season who had uh, enough say that he kind of said if if these things aren't happening then we're just going to fold but the the the, the um uh league had had enough money to run for 3 years so it was kind of disappointing that, that that happened but one good thing that came out of it is they flew us to San Antonio to learn the the system that we do and it's the it was the NFL system and that was 2019 and then right after that was when the the Raiders announced they were leaving Oakland oh, nice. to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, one of the the guys who had been on our stat crew, he'd actually moved to Vegas. And we kind of jokingly said, Hey, Josh, go go find out who to talk to and tell him there's there's a you know three or four of us that know the system and we'd love to do this for the Raiders. And sure enough, you know, five, six months later, he he calls and like, hey, do you want to do this? And they Raiders moved to Vegas in 2020 during COVID. And so it was like, well, we're all sitting at home and, you know, we're all doing church on online. So yeah, let's, let's do this. So started doing stats for the Raiders uh, in 2020 and, and this will be year four mm -hmm. for that. And then have kind of that same group have also started doing the uh, stars, the, the jazz G league team. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'll actually start here in like a month doing uh, baseball and softball for the U. So this is I think, wild. I think my wife wrote in the introduction. There's at depending on if you pick the right month there, I could potentially be working like six different jobs at a time. So <laughs> that kind of explains my, my absence from Zwift usually over, over winter. There's, mm. there's too many basketball, volleyball, football games that keep me up at nights that I'm like, I mm -hmm. up at five in the morning, but yeah. Dude, this is a wild, what a weird, like, underground world I didn't even know existed. This is <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Which, and also, also, I, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, kind of uh, advice for, for anyone out there, you know, the, the saying of it's not what you know, it's it's who you know. 
and that that's how all of these kind of all spawned up and it was just you know a simple question of hey this uh, there's there's this opportunity over here do you want to try it and i was like sure let's let's try it for a, a year and see how it works and now here here i've got you know five different jobs i can be <laughs> five different sports i guess i have to have to try and remember dude it's cool and uh that obviously segues into eating cactus what is that <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I, hey, cactus, no, no politos. Oh my goodness! It's right down the street. Um, I, so I I first tried it on a on a work trip in San Francisco, uh, the Velvet Cantina, okay. South San Francisco. It's this eclectic little place, but they had a no politos burrito, and I'm like, what is that? And it's like cactus. I'm like, do uh, do we eat cactus? I I was <laughs> like, hey, how, yeah, what? How do you do? I'm like, all right, got to order one and try this. And I, I, I promise cactus, it's, it's kind of the consistency of a bell pepper, but it's yeah. much sweeter. Hmm. Um, but, you've tried one, you've had a cactus. No, I'm, no. no that oh. makes sense. No, but, uh, Real Taqueria right down the street in holiday, yeah. they have a Nopalitos burrito. I'm going tonight. Go. That's it. I need it. I gotta yeah. have it. Gotta, gotta at least try it once. May not, mm. may not be your cup of tea, but at least give it a, give it a try. Okay. Mm. And, uh, we got, we have to explore this as well. I didn't know you're vegetarian. Is that true? Yeah, well, probably more. I I like to say plant based. It's probably more like vegan, really. But I, I'm I'm kind of like you can be, you can be vegan and eat Oreos, and I'm like yeah, yeah, Oreos aren't really healthy. So I'm I'm more the the healthy side. But no, you're not eating meat. You don't eat meat. I rarely. My huh? I, I have three. Brothers rarely. That's a good. That's a good vegetarian joke. <laughs> but I have three brothers in law who all have smokers, and so either. You know, Thanksgiving or Fourth of July, they they mm. make some stuff that's just too good that I indulge. But yeah, for probably ninety two percent of the time, I'm I'm eating plants. Wow, Dude, you could smoke is... cactus. I I've, oh. I've I've done that yams <laughs> yams beef. I I don't I don't know where to find. Maybe somebody out there knows and tell me where to where to buy cactus and and make it from home. I've never actually I've never looked, but I'm, Sean, way to go! Mm. This is cool. Man, we I've learned quite a bit about Sean. Is this why your wife was saying he always has a method to his madness, getting faster, then he dives into nutrition? I mean, is that why you switched? Is during uh during marathons you're like, I gotta I gotta cut this out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I will say it was marathons that started it. It when I was running my my first one, I, my mom asked me a, a question when I was training. She said, Are you eating enough? And I kind of went, I don't know what do you eat? What should you eat? And that, that kind of, that, that question literally started, started this, uh, um, I guess course of, of questioning. Were you, you trying know, to decide I'm, if you're going to say obsession? Uh, well, that I was going to say nosedive spiral, but I was like, no, that, that doesn't sound right. But, um, yeah, it was really just the question of, uh, you know, when, when starting marathons, like I had an ultimate goal of qualifying for Boston. So, you know, how do I get faster, um, but with, with runnings, there's so much of just avoiding injuries, like just getting to the finish line. Yeah. And so is, is there any, you know, can nutrition help in, in that line, which I, I was gonna, I was gonna say there was one year, uh, it was 2008, um, John and Matt and I, we ran, well, I think it was, the, so in 2007, we did the St. George marathon, and then uh, Wasatch Running Company is a, a shoe store in town. They had what they called the Utah Grand Slam, 
where you run four marathons in a year. Like there were five to choose from, but you have to run at least four to to qualify for this. Oh. And John and I I don't mean to throw John under the bus, but John was like, "We're doing this." Like when John gets an idea, he's 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 in hundred percent. John's like, "We're doing this. We're signing up. This is going to be great." And the the first marathon was uh, Salt Lake, and we're at like mile twenty together. And John was like, "This sucks." <laughs> I, this is my last one. I'm not doing any more races. And I was feeling great at that point. I was like, I, I actually want to do another one. This is going to be great. So I ended up running, I think seven in a, in a 12 month span. If you like, if you count St. George and then kind of throughout the, the season and then finished in St. George, um, I won my age division for the, what? the grand slam. Dude. Now, now, before you get too excited, let me explain. There were like 40, <laughs> there were... 40, 45 people who signed up and started, and I think maybe five actually finished. <laughs> Still, I so, did. That I is the, amazing. I had the fastest cumulative time <laughs> of those, but it, see, that that was more like the. It wasn't necessarily that was fast. It was just that I just didn't give up. <laughs> so I I just Great. made it to the That's end. Still but, good survival of the fittest. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was kind of with with all that with all, especially that summer, you know, trying to do um, you know seven marathons, and really it was just like each time I would do there was one. So Salt Lake was in April, and then there was on May. It was basically every month in the summer, and tour. By the time I got to the July, it was like I just want to get to the finish lines. Like just don't get injured. Like I, it, that was that was kind of my biggest worry. Like I want to get to the start line, and then I want to get to the finish line. Just just don't get injured. So, what do you do to to take care of your body? What you know? What can you do to eat? Stretching, whatever. I was, I I I dove as hard into that as I could. That's cool, dude. Way to go, Sean. Wow. My, my, uh, my, oh, my, go ahead. my only regret is that I I did finally qualify for Boston. Um, qualified one year at St. George. And then we were, we realized like Boston's the next April. And so we're like, we're basically going to have to turn and start training again in a month. I, we, I'm kind of burned out. Let's take another year. Uh, your qualifying time was good for two years. So we waited until the next year. And then we went to sign up and it was like the last year that they didn't have a lottery where Boston filled up in like 20 minutes. And so it was full before we even got to the like registration page. Ugh. So I didn't get to go and then, but, but your qualifying time only lasted for two years and that was my only chance. And then I never qualified again after that. Dude. So, Dude, what then, a journey, what a journey you've had in this running world. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the light came on and was like, this is crazy. You got to switch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, me and Chip have some uh, rapid fire. Chip, you want to start rapid yeah, fire questions? Yeah, okay. for sure. So, it, so Sean, let's transition into cycling. So then at that point, um, you start getting into cycling and we want to hear about not only getting into cycling, but as Sean was new ish to Midwelly, very quickly, everyone became familiar with him due to the crash in Lodija. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I right. have been, I've been with Sean two times since then racing in the same group and each time we go past that spot sean celebrates out loud and it's kind of fun yeah when we get yeah. to that spot i i i'm either got to be in front of the group or at the very end 
Like I'm, I, I don't want to be around anybody. So I like sprint up to be in front and I go through and then I get where my, my spot was. And then I kind of sit up and have a bar and just that mini, mini celebration. Was this yeah. picture from the aftermath, Sean? Yes. That's like the, oh my gosh. the next day or two days later or something. Oh, Sean. I mean, you just went down on your head. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Coming you in. Wa so let's walk through it. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Yeah, so it's it's Riser leaving Preston. Yeah, uh, and that year it was um, it was just starting to rain. Mm -hmm. But I remember the week before um, Brent sent out an email, kind of an update on construction, and it's it's when you're leaving Preston and the race route comes together with the ride route. Yes, mm -hmm. and there's you come onto a road and then you big right turn and then you're basically out of town. You kind of go you know up a little hill. It's it's right where those roads come together. And that that highway had just been chip sealed and they put fresh uh. oil down like on Tuesday and we're riding through on Saturday. And uh, I don't really remember it, but they said it was just starting to rain. Uh, I remember coming into that turn, seeing the fresh paint. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is the road where the construction was because that that paint is like bright, bright colors. Mm -hmm. I'm like, take this easy going into this turn because that might be slippery. And that's the last I remember. And then kind oh, of man, coming to, picture. yeah. So there's the, if you're looking at the, the picture, yeah, if you're watching the video, <laughs> there's the, I think Kirby loved. So David Kirby was, was in our group and he was just a little behind us. He actually stopped and, and yeah, he was gracious enough to take some pictures. And was he the one standing there taking these? <laughs> yeah, this, this is Kirby taking pictures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kirby uh, has had some really fun involvement on this podcast so far. Dude, at least you got a quick blankie on the legs. Somebody's wrapping I, you up in a blankie. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, oh, which, which I was glad Kirby was there because at, at this point, my wife and kids had left right. Logan and, you know, they have to go up Logan Canyon. Um, and so Dave had called John and said, Hey, I need, you know, Sean crash. We need Emily's number. And so Kirby's trying to call. Of course, she, my wife is up Logan Canyon. She doesn't get mm -hmm. cell reception. Mm -hmm. So as soon as she gets to, you know, Garden City, like she comes into cell reception and like her phone's just beaming. She has text. She's got phone calls, but she doesn't recognize any of the numbers. And she's stressed of trying to get to Montpelier on time. So it takes a, it takes a minute, I think, to check her voicemail and, and hear. And of course, you know, it, I don't know if we have the voicemail still, but Kirby left a voicemail on He's like, hey, um, this is David. Um, I need to talk to you about Sean. He's okay. Uh, you know, to kind of be, to kind of try to right. smooth it over. And then you hear this voice in the background and Kirby's like, dude, it's okay. It's right here. Well, apparently it was me like saying, I, I will have to ask Kirby for sure. He can probably correct this, but it was apparently me going, where's my bike? I got to get oh, my bike. Where's my bike? And gosh. Kirby's like, dude, calm down. You're okay. But I, I have no memory of it. Hmm. Oh, crashing on that day is the worst. Yeah, I was I was knocked out cold. I I do have I think I still have the KOM because some lady a, a volunteer that was there picked up my bike and drove <laughs> followed behind the ambulance into the I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna find that. I think I still have the KOM. That's awesome. Ghost ride. Yeah. You actually don't take those down. That's worth keeping. That's oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> ghost ride <laughs> oh my gosh that's fun very good all right i would say that's pretty memorable bike ride very good Man. yes all right chip what else what are the rapid fires Man, um 
so the oftentimes we see this adjustment or this switch in from running to cycling and and you see those sports oftentimes alternate sometimes throughout seasons but for you it has been a complete change um have you just made that decision and and cycling only now as opposed to running and or cycling and you're you like it more and it is maybe it's the camaraderie of the team you know a, a lot of new inside of cycling walk us through the transition and did you almost go back after your crash <laughs> uh I I didn't. It, it didn't really phase me. My wife sure absolutely was like, "Go back to running. You're not cycling anymore. Running, you 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 might hurt your your knee or your ankle or something, but you're not going to crash running." Um, I, and and I guess the easy part for me, like I I know I've talked to well Kirby was one when he crashed. Uh, mm. Like he he mm. has an extra radar with deer. Like he will point yeah. out deer after his crash when he hit a deer. He will see deer like from. I swear miles away and I'll have no idea it's there. And I think I'm a fairly observant person. Um, and other people you talk to who they've crashed, you know, it, it like they don't ride the same after. Um, I guess luckily enough for me, I don't remember my crash at all. Like literally, I remember thinking, be gentle on this turn. And next thing I know I'm coming to in the, in the clinic and they're putting stitches in my ear. So I That's don't really have like the, any, I don't know, I guess too many lingering effects. I do a little bit. I don't stay as close behind some, some people as most riders. Like sometimes when I did um, some big group rides, I'll have people come up to me and, and they'll yell at me like, Hey, you're losing that wheel. And I'm like, dude, I'm like six inches away instead of two. Like I I'm right here. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I was, I'm usually the one, if I see someone running, I'll, I'll ask like, Oh, you must be running because your bike's in the shop. And and I guess kind of the appeal for cycling uh, for me is uh, on on one point it's the exploration, like you with with running, like we trained so much that we ran the same routes. It was kind of like I kind of got bored of the same scenery, uh, but with with cycling you can go so much further, um, and there's so many different I guess different places you can get to. So one of the the parts I love about cycling is is going somewhere new, um, and then. I, and and I, I love nature. I, you know, I love being up in the mountains. So, I mean, one of my favorite things is getting up in the canyon, up in the mountains and, and watching sunrise up there. Like there's a peace and quiet and tranquility of, uh, mm. you know, of, of being up there to start your day and then, and then come back and then kind of get into the, the bustling world as the world wakes up. But there's, there's something kind of um, tranquil and, and peaceful of, of starting your morning up a canyon. Mm. Which nice, doesn't always mean it's it's peaceful and tranquil on the ride when you know depending on who's who you let get to the <laughs> group and how hard we go up emigration or whatever canyon we're riding up. But yeah, so maybe true. Sean, tell us a uh, favorite place to ride. Then what's your favorite route? Um, so I, I'd say Cascade Springs and Alpine Loop have to be up at the top. Um, and I think partly because it's so hard to get there. Like I, there's probably three, four times a year, maybe that you, you can do that ride because it's a, a 90 mile loop and, you know, you've got to wait for snow to melt at a couple different peaks to get there. But I, um, the Alpine loop, I, I think above Sundance probably would be my favorite. Just the, the Aspen mm. trees. Yeah. I, I love Aspens and right at the base of a mountain. It, it reminds me a lot of a, um, 
growing up in Wyoming, there's a, a lake that my grandparents took care of. And so our, our summer vacation, we would go up to this lake for two weeks, three weeks at a time. Uh, and it's, it's basically pine trees and, and aspen trees and just, just gorgeous. So the Alpine loop reminds me a lot of that. And, um, I think the Alpine loop, if, uh, kind of going, so I go around point of the mountain and then down the, the canal trail through Utah County and then up the Sundance side, that was always kind of my, my last tune up ride before Lodija. It just felt mm -hmm. like a long flat. And then a couple climbs would kind of mirrored the, the Lodija profile. So I, I think I just have good memories of of doing that because usually at that point in the year you're you're fit and fresh and yeah. have some some fast times to go up there. And then what down American Fork and then home. Yeah, and then down American Fork and then go up and over Suncrest. Mm -hmm. So kind of two two big climbs and usually from my house that was usually just over a hundred miles. Dang yeah, that is a good nice. ride. Um, I remember Sean the first time I ever rode with you. But I don't really remember the transition into Midwele. Um, we went on a ride with Chelsea Wood and Kristen. And I don't where were we going? Was it a long ride? I don't know. Um, I, I think I remember it was like an epic Saturday, right? It, it was. I was actually, I actually had to go look back and see when this was. I remember it vividly because we, we ran into horses. Like <laughs> both of you were there. So I was riding up Emmy with John and Kirby. Yeah, and they had to turn around for some reason. I was like, I, I, I want to do a long ride. I might just go to Big Mountain, uh, and then you guys passed me. And I don't think Stu. I don't know if we had met. I don't think so. Um, but I, I saw Spence, and I was like, Hey, where are you guys going? And they're like, Oh, we're going to Hennifer. Uh, and I was, I, I can't remember if I'd ever been there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I probably would have if I had followed along. Otherwise, I don't know what if I really knew what I was getting into. Um, but yeah, we rode out to Hennifer and back and right when you get to uh, the county line uh, before you get to Hennifer, um, it's kind of the turnaround point for the, the East Canyon road race. Uh, I can't think which, which county that is. Um, but as you're going to Hennifer, we got to that county line and then you drop down the hill. And yeah, um, it was it was the, the three of us. And found it. I found it. I got Adam, it. Adam Barker. I got it. Yep. Paul Watson. Paul. Yeah. And Paul. Um, Look at us, Chip. Just young bucks. This is 2017. Oh my gosh. Nice. Look at these red kits. Yes, I remember designing oh, those. Look at that. Yeah. There's Sean right there in his in his yeah. uh the Argyle. Nine, the the Z team. Yeah. So I, I should look at mine, yeah, because I've got Jennifer and horses with the holiday crew. Yeah, click, click through the pictures. So this look is at coming, us. That's coming back. That's fun. I don't know why for some reason I thought Kristen was yeah, this one. horses. So we we get to the county line, you're dropping down into Hennifer, and all uh -huh. of a sudden there were three horses on the road. I remember this. Mm -hmm. and like you guys just rode past them, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I like I grew up around horses. Like I was my bike gonna spook them. I don't want to get run mm -hmm. off the road by horses. What is this? And and yeah. I looked over and then like Chelsea was was right next to me, and we both kind of looked at each other, like, uh, what do we do? Do we pass them? Do we uh, anyway? That yeah, was, that's a long ride, seventy six hundred feet. Hey man, great day. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I I always remember the the horse the horses of that one, and I always kind of remember like, oh yeah, that was my first real ride with with uh, mm. the, with any dwellers. And then what happened? Remind me how you uh, two part question. 
uh, how'd you get started? And then um, why, why do you continue to be part of the team? Um, well, how did I get started with, with uh, Midwilly? Yeah, I don't remember when you were like, all right. Well, I mean, because you're like early, like we were joining, we were like joining this, those old kits. Like that was, I mean, that's like eight years ago. Yeah. Well, because when when was, that was 2017. Yeah. So I think, let's see. So 2017, so I would have been, uh, yeah. So that summer I had started a, a new job at, at FIS and I left Zions. Uh, that that Argyle kit I had on that, I, that was basically my design. And I we'd always kind of had to fight with the um, the marketing team. They wanted to be too artistic and add all this flair and stuff. And we're like, dude, on on a bike like on a jersey, if you're more than fifty feet away, it all just blends into a blur. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'd started a new job, um, and somewhere I think because I left Zion's, it was like that next season I I joined the team, and I think it was probably. Um, just seeing you guys and I probably just started as I started writing more, I would see you guys in holiday all the time. And I think nice. that's when I figured out the the Monday morning Emmy rides, but I never, I never quite knew when people started. So I remember a number of times like hustling over in the morning um, and then get, you know, kind of ride like riding, like slow up the canyon. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm in front of them, I don't want to like be racing. And then, so I'd wait for a while. And then I was like, well, they're not coming or else they're already. And then, <laughs> I'd get up to Pinecrest and you guys are already coming down. I'm like, okay, they started. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it was just uh, having not worked. Uh, I wasn't working at Zions. The the Z team at the time uh, was, was more of a club. <clears throat> and I think a, a lot of their, their cyclists on, on the team were in like Davis County. So there wasn't a lot of Z teamers in, in Salt Lake other than Kirby. And, yeah. you know, it was like I was riding with Kirby and, and Matt and John and it was just us. And so I think we all kind of probably the four of us were like, all right, what, what do we know about this this barbacoa team? Let's go figure out the the Medwoles. And then I think it was the next year I signed up because um, I think my crash. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So my crash was the next the next Lodija 2018. And I'm, I'm in a Medwole kit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a brand new white one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chip, any other questions about uh history of history of Sean? Before I want to move into I've got some questions about your training I want to talk about. But any anything else, Chip, about uh uh history of Sean? No, I Sean's think eras? got it. Let's let's move into the let's move into the training. Okay, okay, okay. Sean. May, so maybe maybe before you jump in, okay. I, I, I've got to throw one out just to just yeah. to make fun of, of Ryan Welch because I feel like I was I was riding with Kirby when we met Ryan Welch before he started, and so now like Ryan's kind of become synonymous with the I don't know the gatekeeper of the team of, of mm. kind of the question like well if you want to ride with Dolles we're we're kind of crazy, <laughs> um, but I I will say my my first bike that I got when I was transitioning from running into cycling I I. I think I was worried. I didn't want to like dive too far into the rabbit hole if I didn't like the whole cycling thing. So I'm like, I'm just going to get like a basic bike and see if I like this. So my first bike uh, I bought from a pawn shop. Dude. I want to say it was like 200 bucks. Okay. I bought it at the pawn shop in West Valley. Like I was nervous going into the pawn shop. So like I, I thought I was going to get robbed. Um, but it was an, it's a Trek 1200 had mm. shifters on the down tube. 
you know, 12 gears, meaning like six cog in the back. So I, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first ride Matt took me up, we went up Suncrest and I thought oh. my legs were going to die. Like I was probably pedaling like 40 RPM going up there because it was so steep. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Rhoda did, did a handful of rides and I was like, okay, I, I'm liking this thing. I should get a, get a bike and then got a, got a new bike. It bought it from REI was, was pretty proud. I had 12 gears and, um, <laughs> anyway, then, then kind of, then kind of spawned from there and then traded, traded up, got a, another new bike and then it's just been faster from there. But yeah, I love a lot of training questions kind of start once it was like, okay, now you've got a bike, you can, you know, shift gears, have enough gears. Now, how do you, how do you turn your body to be faster? Yeah. I wanted you to say you bought Jason Lang's crux from a pawn shop that someone was selling there that got stolen from his garage. Just one of these times, somebody's gonna be like, Oh, I bought an S works yeah. crux. Uh, yeah. I just found it in a pawn shop. Yeah. hundred bucks on a corner. That is, that is so rough. So in the last few years, Sean, I think, like you as an older man have like you have gone faster. Like so did, did my son pay you to call? No, me no, no. I mean, like I watch my times going down and I'm, I'm still very positive. I'm like, listen, I can still train and get better and faster, but like you are legitimately getting faster. Uh, and so I wanted to talk is I know now you're scientific and you've got numbers, which probably leads into your, your answer, but maybe talk about that. Like, did you reach a point where you're like, I can, I can keep getting faster? Or were you just like, I like cycling and I'll just cycle more. And now, oh, I'm going faster. I mean, is this like a plan or can you walk us through it? Yeah, there's the, my, my wife's whispering. That's probably my madness. But I, <laughs> I, I do think I, I try to remember when I came up with this, that there's a, a, I guess, kind of a slogan I came up with of never peak. Mm. Like, no matter. Ooh. We no got matter, a podcast. We got a podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> you know no matter how how fast you go what your accomplishment is you know it's kind of that saying you're only as good as you are you know recently today whatever um that you know i'd 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 get a pr like alpine loop I, that was kind of my, my it was usually on my birthday so i i do the alpine loop on my birthday it's kind of that last saturday before lodoja and i i was always you know that was my goal like i got to be faster on on this one um, but I think kind of the mentality of whatever your, you know, your biggest accomplishment is now that's awesome, but that's your starting point for tomorrow, next month, mm -hmm. next year, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it, it's kind of looking at of, Hey, whatever, whatever I did. And, and I guess kind of, I, I almost felt like I never really wanted to jump into the whole cycling, uh, uh, I don't know, world, because I, I think the first probably three years, I, I never thought of myself as a cyclist. Cause I think even after doing Lodoja like three times, I'm going, what if, what if I don't really get into cycling? What if I want to try something else? Um, and then I think finally I was like this, like between the, you know, being able to be out in nature, the, the day, all the data you can dive into, you know, that, that just totally fits my personality and then, you know, couple that with the camaraderie. I mean, you know, have uh, it's kind of like cycling time is, uh, I, I think I used to say my wife has her book club. Uh, we have Saturday cycling. Like that's kind of like, <laughs> high, you know, interaction time. But um, 
but yeah, I think that, that idea of never peak, whatever, whatever you do. And there were, there were years, like I would finish, you know, it gets like October, November and was, all right, my, my low digit time was faster. I did the Alpine loop faster. I've, I've got a PR, a big mountain. Here's my list of PRs. I don't think I'll ever top that. Um, but then you get, then it was like, okay, get into Jan, December, January. Like, I don't know how I'm going to top it, but that's, that's my bar. That's what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for. And add a little tweak to this, uh, you know, kind of change something up and, and then suddenly, you know, still, still chasing those. And I'll say it was, uh, 2020, um, when I, I, I bought a new bike from this shady guy and oh, that's right. <laughs> turned out, turned out to be you know, everything. I kind of had a bucket list of items for a bike and it turned out it had everything and it was a screaming deal. And so I like, I pulled the trigger and then, with the pandemic, suddenly we're all working from home and I didn't mm. have, you know, this hour and a half commute that really I just traded for extra riding time. So suddenly, mm. you know, instead of a, an hour and 10 minute ride in the morning, it was like two and a half, three hours. And and so I like, I, I look back on Strava, like the number of PRs each year was kind of going from like, you know, 500 to 300 to 200. And then in 2020, it was like 1200. And then I think each year, you know, I still have, you know, five or 600 PRs just from, you know, it's, I, I think that saying if was, if you keep doing what you always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. Hmm. I think most people say that in a negative connotation, which if you don't like what you've been getting, yeah, maybe that's negative, but if you've been successful or you're getting, you know, hmm. you're, you like those results you don't have to do too much. And uh, I'll throw a shout out to to Mike Dunn. Uh, he had a, a great conference talk and he just talked about the 1% uh, that to, to get better, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to try and hit a home run. Um, you know, I guess a, a baseball theme of, you know, or, or even football, like the, the teams that try and throw a Hail Mary are the desperate ones. Like if you can just average, you know, three yards of play, you're going to march down the field getting first down. So you don't need to do something huge, but if you do something little, but you do it every day, it compounds and it adds up. And so that's, that's, I guess, kind of that never peak idea of, I, I have no idea how I'm going to top, you know, what, what I did in 23. I don't know how I'm going to do that in 24, but that's, I guess that's the appeal of cycling of let's go figure it out. This is a, this is a game. Let's go try something and, and see what happens. And That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's good, Sean. Um, Sean, Chip, any follow-up questions for Sean and his uh, and his training? I think that that's applicable to all of us, and just you've got it. It's a uh, a really good analogy on it for life in general, and I agree with the one percent. Um, just here, to, fun to hear you share that, Sean. Yeah. We can see we can see that it's been super applicable in your training and writing and participation in the team. Man, I thought yeah. I thought I thought Pape would get just like a baby shout out, but nope, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, sorry, Zach. Yeah, well, so I, I guess throw I I was gonna say I have to <laughs> throw that a little bit because yeah, your your comment about being old. There, there was a couple <laughs> rides even last summer uh, where I was riding with Zach and Paul Watson. And I realized Zach is 17 years younger than me. Oh my gosh. Paul is 17 years older. What? We we made like the the perfect triangle, but you know, then, but Paul, like Paul, 
Hey, um, I'm going to ride over big, big mountain or um, uh, up the top of big cottonwood, uh, go up to Camas, uh, visit my mom and check on some things. And, and then I'll be riding back. It'll be kind of late in the day. It might get kind of warm, but I think I'll just come back up guardsman and come back down. I'm like, well, dude, he's, he's 62 and he's doing like 120 miles with yeah. you know, 15,000 of uh, vert. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, being, being, uh, I, I guess one of the, I probably the, the greatest, uh, training, uh, help you can have is to have someone faster than you that you have to chase. Yeah. And, and that, that's Zach. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, you know, the, 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 the crazy hair, the, the bright colored kits, and he's, he's the first one. Well, now, you know, he and turbo and, and Jack are probably the ones that will take <laughs> off at, the, at the front, but, you know, riding with Zach, he'll just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to do an easy zone too. And then suddenly he's at, you know, 350 Watts and yeah, like, well, I don't want to get left behind. So I guess I got to keep up with them, but I, I will say there's, there were two summers in a row we did a, a, a ride and ended up coming up Browns Canyon out, out the other side of Park City. And that, that part of Browns, when you get to, there's the, I don't know, rock quarry, kind of a dump, whatever, mm -hmm. to the side. Um, I, I remember just being on Zach's wheel and thinking, okay, this is my Lodoja training. There's Whether it's the, you know, there there's going to be points in Lodoja where you're like, I'm done, I'm stopping. Mm -hmm. But riding behind Zach's wheel, it was like, I, I'm just not, I'm staying on his wheel. Whatever happens, however hard I have to push, I'm just holding his wheel. Like I can do this for three minutes. I just hang on. Um, and then, you know, both, both years, sometime of, at, at Lodoja, I, I was in that space and it was like, I did this. Like no one's, no one rides yeah. harder than Zach. Like maybe someone's trained as hard as me, but no one's had to do it harder. Cause I had to chase that crazy Texan mm -hmm. and, and, you know, then, then suddenly I, I'm, I'm on the podium at Lodoja and, and like all the, all the training and all that, you know, every, all the, the effort and pain and sweat and everything comes together in a, at a great spot at the, the base of the Tetons, another great mountain. So nice way to go. So good. Awesome. Sean. Hey, um, I want to know what you would say to either young Sean, just getting into cycling or new young guy, just getting uh, onto the team. I mean, what advice are you giving young Sean? He's just about to buy his pawn shop bike. Um, would you do it the same or is there stuff that you do different? Uh, first one, stay away from Ryan Welch. Don't listen to Ryan. Um, <laughs> Dang. Sorry, Welch. I, <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> I, that's a great question. Um, my, my first impression is actually i'm thinking of a brad paisley song where he talks about right if i could write a letter to myself mm -hmm. and there's there's one where he says something about going on a date with a girl and you run out of gas and but he says actually you know what that one turned out pretty cool the, don't, <laughs> don't change a thing um so yeah i'm looking back at my experience with with cycling i i don't it, it's kind of tough to go back and say i would change something because i don't know where i'd end up like I know where I am today because of everything I experienced um, and, and everything I've learned that what I learned was because of what I went through. So I don't know that I would change it. Um, but I, I, I guess maybe other than kind of that slogan I came up with of, of never peak uh, is, is probably a message of, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, and, and I guess kind of what's your, your end goal um 
I, I remember running marathons, I'd get to the finish line and I swear every, every finish line, there'd be, there'd be a guy with gray hair, white hair who would pass me at the finish line. And, and at first it ticked me off, you know, young, you know, young, young 22, 23 year old John, it probably ticked me off. Uh, and, and now that, you know, I guess I'm, I'm more of an elder statesman. Now I'm looking back, like, do I want to be that white haired guy passing people? Chip has the same um, goals. <laughs> and I, I, I will say I looked at part of, I think where I got to with, uh, the, the longevity, um, focus was looking at my father-in-law because I remember there were times he would take the family to, to the beach. We'd go to Newport beach almost every year. And I remember times he's, you know, mid sixties, I mean, almost 70 and he's out in the water for five, six hours with all the grandkids. Like, you know, a, a wave of grandkids would run in, get snacks and another wave would come out and he was always out in the water. And I was like, I want to be there when my grandkids are, are that age. Like I want to be, I want to be mobile enough to, you know, pick up my grandkids and, uh, and still run around with them. I mean, it's kind of like, I've, I've got my kids, like my, my kids, I can still beat them at basketball and pickleball. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm still good there, but I, I, I want to be around long enough and be, be strong enough and fit enough when my grandkids are coming around that, that I can be the one out in the, out in the waves playing with them. So nice. So I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm in kind of for the, for the long game. I I've kind of uh, accepted that I, I fit the cyclist mold and, uh, and that's, that's, I guess my personality who I, who I want to be and. Uh, but, but that's kind of, I think the, the long-term goal is let, let's do this for a long time. And that's probably why I didn't go back to, to running. Um, I had a, a scout master growing up who was a big runner. Uh, and then I, I, I saw him later on when he was like 60 and it was like a, a, a shuffle, like his, all oh the, the tendons and ligaments in his knees and hips were gone and could barely move. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think mm -hmm. running is a, a good long-term option. So cycling is you know cycling's the can can be as hard or as easy as you want it to be can be as intense as it needs to be you know our, our sport is some people this is this is some people's um physical therapy this is some people's easy day and it can be a hard day so that's the i guess the great thing about cycling it can be as hard or as easy as you want it to be yeah any follow-up chip i agree with that and it, have experienced each of those um different times in my life and and even in the same week and i i um side with you on on that from what cycling has to offer um well so awesome to have you sean awesome to have you on the team as well yeah sean i've never done this before but is your wife still there She's still sitting there. She's still right next she to you. She is. I, I, yes. Okay. I wasn't sure oh. how she'd want to respond. I want to bring her in. Is she, is she willing to be on? <laughs> yes. No, yes. probably not, but yes. Okay. 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 She's Just, a, I want a quick question. I hope, I hope I pr can portray my question. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have to get it. He has a background. Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you we There we go. You've seen me for long enough. So we spend yeah, a lot of time. This is what I look like all the time. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, we spend a lot of time together as a team, riding, cycling. Um, from your perspective, I believe Sean does a great job being a dad, working, training, he balances it well, uh, and I guess I'll edit this out if it doesn't if, it's, if it doesn't go well. But Emily, any advice for guys on the team who are, who are looking to make sure that they are good dads, 
They balance. train well. They balance well. Like, what do you see from your side that Sean is doing good? Well, I will say definitely when he was training for marathons, our kids were much younger. And I, if you've ran a marathon or trained for a marathon, you know that you're pretty much shot the whole day. So I will say the one positive of cycling is he's not shot for the day. He can go on a seven hour bike ride, come home, clean out the garage, you know, <laughs> cut nice the shot. hair, do all the things. Re-landscape. Yeah. Like re-landscape a whole backyard before your son leaves, you know, the whole thing. Um, and that's the positive I would say of cycling. Um, but he is a good for the most part. <laughs> The, I'll edit it. It's okay. Balancer. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean is an awesome human being. I'll tell you that. There's a there's a saying that goes around in our unfortunately old ward because our state just got um demo- our our ward just got demolished, unfortunately. But in our old ward, uh, there was a saying that said Sean will do it. People were saying that <laughs> before I used to always say it, and then people would say, Oh, Sean will do it, Sean will do it, and he will do it he can get pretty like zoned in and like one track minded. And that's why I think he is so successful in his craziness because he really is, his mind is pretty, if you're around it enough, it's pretty crazy. But I, I mean, I, I don't really have, I don't oh, know. That was good. good at balancing all the things. And I would just say, making sure you, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to, he's really good at it. So that and was, again, it's much was great when you're a cyclist than when you're a runner. I look yeah. terrible. Yeah, the, the, the blur, the blur Emily, I'm gonna Emily, come out here. Emily, we actually have a very specific term for this. It's called, um, uh, when you're like, so oh, your dad, right. When you go home and you're a dad, yeah. uh, in a, I call it ineffective dad syndrome. When you <laughs> have to be on the couch the rest of the afternoon and yeah. no one wants an ineffective dad no. syndrome. That, and is that was definitely running. Yeah. When you're a mm-hmm. runner, you, it's not, it's not pleasant. Nice. Yeah. Well, so, Sean, Sean will do it. I like Sean this. Will, Sean will do it. So if <laughs> you're ever riding and no one wants to go in the front, Sean will do it. Like he'll just awesome. do it. <laughs> that is awesome. Very good. Thanks, Emily. Sorry yeah, if we got on the spot. Emily. Sorry so if we got on the spot. I think that might become a permanent feature. That was great. Very good. Which, All right, Sean, we got to wrap up. Any uh, any concluding thoughts? Anything you missed that you really want to say? Um, you know, I I maybe I, kind of the uh, other advice for like other young writers or just getting in and kind of the, I I guess kind of trying to find that balance of husband fatherhood kind of thing. Um, I guess a there's no such thing as balance. Like you're you know if you've True. got. 20 things to do and you've got time to do seven, like there's stuff that's just not going to get happened. So make sure to, to pick, I guess, choose wisely. Um, but thinking with, uh, you know, with kind of the family, like a lot of the events we do, well, especially Lotojet, like Lotojet for me, 50% of it is the race. The other 50% is, is our vacation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's really been my only opportunity to, it, it's kind of been our only vacation that we do just the five of us. And that's been my opportunity to take my kids back to Wyoming. Now it's, it's Jackson. It's not quite shared in the, that I grew up in, but when we do Lodoja, we stay for a couple of days. Like my mom will come down from Billings and, and it's, it's a family affair. And um, so, so incorporating, you know, your kids into your schedules. I mean, they're, 
you know, four or five years in a row where I had, I had, you know, one of my kids was playing football or, or be playing football into the spring or basketball and stuff. Um, that I was, I was helping coach my, my son, Tyler, when he played tackle football and it was like, okay, practice is at five 30. I would tell the coach, Hey, I might be there like five 45 so I could get my ride in, but I would go straight to practice. And, you know, it was just like trying to make like, okay, I want to get my ride in, but can I do my ride and still get to everything else? Like I want to support my kids when they're playing sports and find, found a way to, to try and do both. Um, and I, I guess maybe the, I'll, I'll leave this as kind of my, my parting thought that one of my um, favorite pictures I, I've ever seen, there, there's actually two, but they're basically the same, you know, a similar um, component was, uh, they're both at Lodoja. Uh, one is at um, uh, Alpine, at the feed zone in Alpine. One of the, the, the event organizers or uh, and, uh, photographers got a picture and it's me standing there on my bike. My oldest son is pulling water bottles out of my cages. Uh, mm. My middle son is putting bottles in. My youngest son is like putting stuff in my back pocket. Em's there with her purse open, like she's digging for something in her purse. And then my mom is right, right behind him. She's actually taking a picture of us. <laughs> um, and then there's another picture of one of the, I think it was the year I, I had a goal to get I can't remember if it was the, the year I, I finished on the podium, uh, but in, in as I'm coming across the finish line in the in the background, it's kind of uh, uh, fuzzy, but I can see like my one son had a bright pink hat on and one had a pink shirt. And you can see my wife leaning over the edge trying to take a picture as I rode by. But those two pictures of, uh, you know, showing the like our family at Lodoja, like I, I wouldn't get I wouldn't be near what I did at Lodoja without them. I mean, there were some of the feed zones you come running in and out and and there were times I'm in and out in under 30 seconds and it's, it's, it's Em and the kids. I mean, she runs a, a tight, you know, almost a, a NASCAR like shop. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, like the kids have assignments when you come running in and it's, it's a team effort. Like, like you, you don't get through Lodoji without your support crew. Um, and, and it's, you know, wouldn't happen without them. And, and then you know the the fun of having basically a family vacation around it. So that's, yeah. that's I think that's one of the reasons why I, I love Lodoja as much as they do. That's a fun thing to share together. I yeah, agree. Really Ch Chip swings more like ninety percent for the vacation, like ten <laughs> percent for the ride. Yep, and the, <laughs> the, the planning of it all. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Fun, Sean. Yes. I just admire you in a lot of ways. I think you're. A great friend, first of all. I think uh, your wife really did say it best. That I mean, Sean will do it. That's fun to hear. Like I think that you are that. Uh, not not in like a oh Sean will do it. I just think it's fun when a guy steps up and is a, is a leader and an, an example. I think that's you. Uh, and I just have never seen you down. Like I think you're just always positive and such an important part of the nature of our Peloton when we ride. Like you're just fun and enthusiastic and can joke when things get weird, right? I mean, like it gets serious and there's Sean, like he can always keep it light. And um, I think it's a huge part of of kind of who we are and how we run. So I'm just grateful for you as a friend and example. And um, anyway, never peak, man. That's my new motto. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is, Thanks, uh, Sean. This is yeah. great. Really good. Hey, dudes. Well, let's uh, wrap it up. Guys, I wish we were riding tomorrow, but it looks like maybe we're skiing. So, oh, well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not going to be. 
that could be friendly. But hey, I'll uh, I, I I will say I'm not sure when this will will post, but I'll I'll uh, try and get a good picture for uh, a week from Sunday. Have a have a Dwole picture down in Vegas. Yes, very good. Sean also won our uh, 40th anniversary vest. I need to get it to you. It's sitting mm. in my office. Love yes, that. I need to borrow that because I'm going to try and okay. go for a ride while I'm while I got to get the, Okay, I'll find your 40th anniversary bag. I'll find them. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll come by in the next couple of days. I'll text you. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Hey, yeah. bye. Yeah.